0: Success. How do you define it? Better yet, how do you achieve it? Introducing 505 Success, a podcast showcasing the business leaders of New Mexico who continue to strive for success in the land of enchantment. Listen and learn from these leaders, entrepreneurs, and innovators as they discuss the challenges they have overcome, how others can find their success, and how New Mexico can continue to grow and prosper. The 505 Success Podcast is brought to you by Exhibit.
1: You only have 3.8 seconds to gain the attention of your audience while exhibiting at a trade show, event, or conference. At Exhibit, we design and produce great-looking graphics and exhibits to get you noticed. We also teach you all those hidden secrets of how to save money while at a show, along with some best practices. Call now, 828-0574, or visit us on the web. Exhib-it.com.
2: Hello, podcast interview with Monica Myers. Monica, uh, thank you for being uh, on. Um, the 505 Success Podcast today, you are a realtor and co-owner of Urban Realty Group uh, with Coldwell Banker Legacy. Uh, Thanks again for being on with us.
1: It's my pleasure. It's good to be here.
2: Okay. Well, let's start with you. And Why don't you tell our audience a little about you and what you do?
1: Um, Well, I am a realtor, and uh, my partner, Kim Beers, and I founded Urban Realty Group, and we are under the Coldwell Banker Legacy umbrella here in Albuquerque. And we work with our clients to buy, sell um, homes or investment homes. Um, and so we both work with buyers, sellers, and investors.
2: Uh, to give our audience a little bit of uh, background into how we produce the episodes or select our guests, we usually meet with our guests to talk to them and see if they have a good idea, if they would be a good fit for our uh, audience. And when you and I met, you, had a, you told me a quite interesting story of your path to becoming uh, a, a real estate broker and it's not like a typical, like you didn't wake up one day and say I want to be a real estate agent. You <laughs> kind of had all these things. Can you tell our audience about that path? I found it a fascinating story.
1: Well, um, I have a degree from Northern Arizona University in telecommunications, broadcast journalism and I spent several years in the television industry. Um, I moved here in 1995, actually for the second time and um, Spent a little time working for the New Mexico Business Weekly. And then I, a client of mine who was a commercial broker asked me to come work for him. And I was like, you know, I've never done this, right? And he's like, no, I totally get that. Never mind the fact that I was seven months pregnant at the time. So um, I went to go sell commercial real estate. And I specialized in industrial warehouses. And back in those days, 20 years ago, I was the only woman who specialized in industrial warehouses. And um Since I left there, loved it, but I had to leave. Um, Both my ex-husband and I were self-employed. And so one of us needed to be able to cover health insurance. And so (laughs) (laughs) I went and got a job as the vice president of a manufacturing firm here in Albuquerque, where I spent the the next 16 years there.
2: Wow. So what what made you come back to real estate? You
1: know, I was at a point um, in my life where um, I wanted to feed my soul. And I had enough money in the bank, and I was like, okay, what do I want to do next? What do I still want to do when I grow up? And I thought about going back into the commercial industry, and my thought process was, you know, there's still not a lot of soul in that. And so I wanted to go into residential because, you know, you're, you're just helping people change their lives through changing their stories. And um, it's just so much more emotionally rewarding
2: that's great so, so you have a really diverse background and where you lived and the type of jobs that, you, that you've done tell us a little bit about do you think that that background has helped you connect with people and become a better real estate
1: broker um i think it just helps me listen better um so whether it be in the television industry and i was helping my clients put together ad campaigns or um, it was listening to my clients wanting to design an entire marketing and image campaign when I worked for the manufacturing firm. Um, It was just really about listening and figuring out what they really wanted. And I think that always helps. We get so caught up in our spiel that sometimes we don't actually listen to what the client's looking for.
2: I find that's a huge problem. A lot of people you get kind of focused on what you need or what your business needs. You tend to forget about why you're there, why you're really there. It's for the customer.
1: Well, I had to laugh. You know, I I was working with this couple and they were they'd lived here for about a year and they were renting and and he just got a permanent job at Sandia National Labs and so they were ready to buy a home. And we looked at lots of houses and finally what I figured out was his hot button was a Kiva fireplace because that's so New Mexico. And since they were both from Kansas, it was just, that was his thing, was that he wanted a Kiva fireplace.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because I'm in marketing and you're usually looking for, how do I address someone's pain point? And when you find that and you're able to hammer it in and say, we're gonna solve that one need for you, mm-hmm. That's usually where you hit the painter because yeah. really.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily think this was a pain point. I think more of it was you know, a pleasure point. Yeah. Point. You know, once I figured out what really what he really really wanted was something very uniquely southwestern, and loved the Kiva fireplace.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, but that I mean, so, that's like you said, the pain point and pleasure point what yeah. kind of the same thing. Is you're, you're sure. looking for to to uh, absolve a desire of what? Yeah. Case.
1: And uh, next yeah. house we looked at. After I figured that out, was the one.
2: That's perfect. So. That's great. And I think listening is a huge skill. Sure. So let's shift to your business, uh-huh. Urban uh, Realty Group. Sure. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the business?
1: So um, my partner, Kim Burge and I both work for Coldwell Banker, and um, we just became fast friends. I mean, if you know anybody in this business, it's hard to take vacations. You're a self-employed. I mean, you are a party unto yourself. and You are every title wearer and hat wearer that's out there. And so what we decided to do was spell each other so we could have vacations because I don't know about anybody else, but I love to go on vacation. And so once we realized that we could trust each other and we had a lot of the same belief systems and the morals, um, we decided that it would be a good partnership. And so we decided that we would be stronger together than apart. And so we decided to form Urban Realty Group. We officially formed it in August of last year.
2: Wow. So um, we'll get to the challenges of building a business here in a sec. But I want to, you know, you said you mentioned the industry and how hard it is in terms of always being the one responsible. What is something that you really love about your industry um, and what you do?
1: You know, there's a lot of really great agents out there, a lot of good realtors out there. Um, and so sometimes it's really fun to work with them to, to put together the deal that's, you know, great for your client. Um, but I also love, I mean, it's, it's literally changing somebody's story. Whether they want to move out of the big house and move into a little lock and leave so that they can travel more and see their grandkids all over the country. You know, that's a change for them. Um, do we have time for a little story please tell us okay great so um, I was meeting a client at a little condo three bedroom two bath condo probably about a thousand square feet eleven hundred square feet and come to find out I said well what what makes you interested in this and I said well where are you living now and she said "Um, government housing and I was like Okay, so, all right. And she goes, I've been there all my my adult life. Single mom, three kids. She makes a really good salary by Albuquerque standards, um, around $50,000. Um, but she couldn't get out of government housing because, and I didn't know this, so I learned, I swear, I learned something new every day, no matter how old I am. She said... The more money you make, the more they charge you for rent. And I didn't know that. I thought, you know, is this a fee? Nah, nah, nah. whatever. So here's a single mom making close to $50,000. She's been in the same job for 20 years. So with all of her raises and everything else. And she's like, so my rent just kept coming, going up and up. And I didn't know that's how that worked. So... To get her into this little condo, which is great because we've got first-time home buyer programs, she doesn't need to have a lot of money down. She's going to actually be paying less for this condo, including utilities. She'll be paying about four hundred dollars less than what she was just paying for rent. Wow! In the government housing, and as a single mom with three kids, that that's a lot of money that goes back into your bank account. Yeah. And gets you out of government housing and gets your kids out of that environment.
2: That's so great.
1: she's like really changing a story. Probably not only hers, but her kids too.
2: That's a, that's a great story. Yeah. So, what is it? What's one common misconception about real estate that if you could, you could just wish away in an instant?
1: People think you have to have 20% down to buy a house, and it's just not true. And they just always think, oh, I can't afford it, I can't afford it. Yet, you know, they're paying $1,200, $1,300, $1,400 a month in rent. Um, there's a lot of programs out there. Um, we can get people into a house, first-time homebuyer, with $500 cash. You know, I mean, it's there's great programs out there. And I just think people are afraid and they get too intimidated by it. And so it really takes somebody who's willing to sit down, explain the process to them, or maybe help them fix a couple of credit issues. We do that a lot. And to get them on the right track so that they can purchase their own home.
2: So it kind of seems if you're if you're looking and you're really serious, the first step is just find someone that you trust that can help you with the process. Sure. And at least just kind of evaluate where your options are and... It's right, and we'll
1: tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly am not going to try to sell you on a bill of goods that you have no, no chance of ever owning. Oh. Um, you know, we'll sit down and, and work with you and a mortgage lender to make sure you're on the right track, whether it's saving some money up for it or whether it's fixing your credit um, and finding you the best mortgage program that will work with you and work for you. And then we'll go out and look at homes. Hmm and we'll be there with you for the whole process i had one client it took them a year from start to finish wow but that's we got them into their home and they were they're just and they're just dreams they're, they were so much fun to work with
2: that's good so let's we we touched on you starting a business and mm-hmm. i want to go back to that sure. so you and you mentioned going into business and with your partner mm-hmm. kim and uh, that you guys felt you could trust each other even so, going into business, I know myself because I have my own business. It's tough. There's a lot of work. And I imagine for a real estate, real estate agent, that even goes up. So, why even go through the hassle of starting your own business? And what well, was your as drive? As a
1: realtor, you, you don't have a choice.
2: Yeah.
1: Every realtor is their own business.
2: So, but why form, why decide to go instead of just strictly staying on the Coldwell Bank? What drove you to say, we want to start the urban? Relative group, like what? Well,
1: you spend a lot of time, even as just an agent under Coldwell Banker, branding yourself. Um, we wanted to brand us together as a team, and so since there's, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that are realtors. They're usually husbands and wives, yeah, or mother daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Kim's already married. <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't going to adopt her. So, you know, <laughs> it would be hard to call it the Beers Myers team or the Myers Beers team. Yeah. And so we had to come up with a name that was kind of um, inclusive. Yeah. And um, so teams aren't, you know, they're not new to our industry. Yeah. We're just not the husband and wife team or mother daughter team.
2: So you just both made it official and said, we're doing this to- alone. Let's uh-huh. together because two minds are better than one type of mentality. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we would sit there and, yeah, and bat, back and forth marketing yeah. ideas. And we were always talking to each other about what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and we just decided that we would do it together.
2: That's great. So what, as you continue to grow your business, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Habits. <laughs> hey, what's that like? bad habits good habits make sure that you... Well,
1: I'm hoping I'm hoping they're good habits. <laughs> I had plenty of I had enough bad habits coming into the business. I'm hoping that I I learned some good habits. Um, you know, I I write out my affirmations every day. Mm-hmm. Um, my gratitude list. Um, I'm really big on handwritten notes. But I've always been big on that. Um, I remember just even, you know, right out of college so many, many years ago um, that I would always send a handwritten note. And every time I met with a new client, they would always got a handwritten note. Thanks for your time. And I think that just stands out.
2: It's funny because my wife is really big on handwritten notes. And for mm-hmm. me, my background is project manager. I went to school for project management. It always mm-hmm. made sense. And in project management, it's all about efficiency. How can you do things better fashion? And in my way, I was like... You do know there's a computer, <laughs> something called <laughs> <laughs> typing. A-
1: it just takes it away and it doesn't make it that personal.
2: And, and you know, theoretically I get it, but there's a project manager. I it's, it's get that. It's, but that's the. So uh, what other good habits that do you think that um, make running a business smoother?
1: Uh, I don't know that it runs the business smoother, but I would say, you know, as a business owner, of how your business grows and, and what you get out of it is your mindset really is. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I've seen, I have a bunch of friends who own their own businesses and I don't think I've ever seen so many inspirational quotes in my entire life, (laughs) you know, and it's, you know, you've got this. Go, girl! You know all this stuff, but it's it's like okay, it's all about the mindset.
2: Well, and I think because when you're when you're running your own business, mm-hmm. you need a lot of that motivation, so you're always searching for it. So, because I know for me, like I'm always looking for stuff to get get me going, because especially because it is such a Lonely in Denver at times. when you're sitting, It can be, yeah. Yeah, and it can be very lonely. And even, you know, like I said, my wife is a great partner, and she's there. So she supports me. And she actually has her own business herself. But even that, like, you, because you deal with, there's that imposter syndrome. There's the first time a client fires you or, or says we can't no longer oh, yeah. work. There's all those little things that go in, those self-doubt that creep up at almost any time of the day, particularly at night. Like, I've been woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning with a thought. And so... Finding those ways to motivate yourself to keep going Mm -hmm. each day is a huge thing for any small business owner.
1: I mean, you know, there's a lot of realtors who can work from home, you know, all the time and very rarely come into the office. Kim and I purposely have office hours and where we have a designated time that we are together, that we're working on the business together. Mm -hmm. Um, So we usually do about 12 hours a week. In the office where we're together and you know if i'm struggling with something she's there And if she's struggling with something i'm there um you know and i just think i think that's helpful
2: it's interesting because as you see more studies about because you know with technology working remotely has become a lot easier but you see a lot of studies now where people who work strictly remotely It's there's more problems coming up than there are. So you're seeing a lot of hybrid models that are working the best because there are some people that it does help for them because of their. I mean, obviously,
1: I like people. So for me to work from home all day, if I didn't have appointments, yeah, I, I. probably be climbing the walls well
2: yeah for me because there's sometimes I just have to get out and go to a coffee shop or to a public sure. place to work just even if I don't talk to anyone but just to be around other people because if I'm home alone at my desk all day it seems kind of like a dream because like I'm finally gonna be able to work but then come two o'clock three three p.m particularly if it's like your third day in a row right you're getting antsy you feel like I just need to get, right. get out of the house so finding other people to work with is 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 interesting. So here's one of my favorite questions, and I always love uh, asking this. <laughs> and everyone who's on to get asked to answer this, so Uh-oh. it's how do you define success?
1: Um, I define success in a couple of different ways. I always have to be able to look myself in the mirror and be okay with the decisions and choices that I made. Um, and I find the definition a lot in my clients, you know, are they happy? Because if they're happy, I've done my job, whatever it may be, whether, you know, they needed to sell their house fast or they needed to get in by a certain time, or even if they bought a home and there was a problem, did I get it fixed? As long as they're happy, I mean, that defines whether I've done my job well or not. Because okay. you can put somebody in a house and they could be like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, and, and that isn't great. This isn't really the house I wanted. Oh my gosh, that's nuts. Um, so no, I, I think that's part of it. I think the other part is giving back to the community. Uh, I think a successful business person not only has self growth, but um, is helping other entities in the community grow too.
2: That is a phenomenal answer. I really love that answer, especially the part about looking in the mirror because that's how I feel. If I can look in the mirror at the end of the day and be okay with the person looking back, then yeah, that was a good day.
1: It was a good day. I mean, yeah. and it should be that day every day. Yeah.
2: and if it, and if you're not happy, then figure out what you're not happy with and fix it the next well, day. Well, and
1: it also stops you from slipping down a slippery slope of mm, questionable exactly. business practices. Let's just say.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that uh, questionable business practices. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's shift uh, and talk about New Mexico because this is the Five Five Success Podcast. So. You, you mentioned going to NAU and mm-hmm. then moving here. So why New Mexico? Why move here and why stay
1: here? Okay, so one thing a lot of people don't know is that I am a native New Mexican. Um, I was actually born in Gallup. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> why is that always the response I like get? Um, so yes, I was actually born in New Mexico. Um, I actually moved here right after college for my first job because it was the top 50 television market and not the top 20. I bought my first house here when I was 22 on the west side of town and it was actually literally as you were driving out of out of town on I40 it was the last house on the <laughs> west side you can <laughs> see. you can't see it anymore.
2: <laughs> Not there's um, a lot of stuff out there now. Yeah,
1: no. Yeah, I was like where was the house? Um I had planned on staying here for 5 years and I ended up getting an offer back in Phoenix within a year. So then I bought my second house when I was 23. Um, and then I then I got a divorce several years later. And it turned out my sister, who also lived here, was getting a divorce. And my parents had retired here from Arizona. Um, because they always wanted to come back to New Mexico because of the great weather. It's a little hot in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I moved back. And... I mean, I have to tell you, I have lived, so my first house was on the west side. I've lived in the Northeast Heights. I have lived at the Albuquerque Country Club. I have lived out on the Southwest Mesa, I mean, way up high, Um, and now I live in Knob Hill. So I've lived all over this town. Um, And I know the unique and different attributes of each neighborhood. of those neighborhoods, there's tons of neighborhoods in this town, but um, so I know I know New Mexico pretty well, and what I learned after the first time I lived here was that you actually have to go out and find your community. You have to create it; it's not going to find you. Um. So. I belong to a lot of organizations and have over the years. Um, of course, I had two kids, so I was very active in their their activities. Yeah. Um. I've learned to love the weather. Um, I'm I'm hugely addicted to sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of well, my good, good addictions. Well, you a good place for that. <laughs> um, I love the sunshine. And so I have one of those weird, um, disorders that if it's cloudy, I have a whole mood disorder that goes (laughs) along with that. So I could never live probably not in the Southwest. Um, but you know, and once you've lived here for 25 years, it's, it's home
2: I love that. That's great. Um, so, being here in New Mexico, what do you think is a challenge that's unique to business owners here in New Mexico, and how can we overcome those?
1: To business owners, yeah. You know we're we are we are a different area. I mean, over the years, I mean, even in the commercial industry, I watched national companies come to town and fail. I mean, and it was shocking, and they're like. Oh yeah, we're successful every place else. We could come to New Mexico and fail, and mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> um, we are a very proud people um, who love to buy local. There's a huge um, buy local experience of local things um, contingency in this town, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Um, I live in Knob Hill, so most of those places there are local. Yeah, we have. I don't think we have any chains per se. I
2: can't think of any.
1: Yeah, we had a couple. They're gone. Yeah, <laughs> can <know> be- <laughs> I can't tell you? Um, New Mexico is just—it's—it's it's a different animal. Um, you know, I've seen seen it grow and change, especially. Gee, down on the Southwest Mesa now, the intersection at Cores and Rio Bravo. I'm at, yeah, Cores and Rio Bravo, it's it's huge now. I, you yeah, know, there's. Living there's, out there, we used to call it going to town because I would have to come into town for my, my job and drop my kids off for school. And I refer to it as going to town. Now there's these huge strip centers and everything out there. So it is growing. We just don't grow like any other place in all.
2: No, and I think you know. For if you really want to be successful, it's like you said, you have to find your community.
1: I think you really do, and I think it's all about um, what organizations you belong to. And I'm like, I'll, I have a lot of clients who move here from out of state, and I'm like, understand. I mean, unless you go out and find things, you're going to be sitting home a lot, and you're going to hate it. Um, so, like meetups is a great thing because they've got you know a hiking group a book club group it's got anybody any interest you could possibly imagine and so that's kind of a great thing to do um we have tons of service organizations in this town tons so join something that interests you
2: yeah because what i found is there's so many business owners that want to help but you have to make an effort as well. Sure. So if you're out if you go out there and if you join like one of the chambers like the Hispano or Rio Rancho or West Side Chamber and you go to their meetings and you connect with people and you you show that you wanna give right. and help those same people will give and help you. They'll send people your way and they'll talk you up right. because everybody here wants local to, to succeed right. because they understand we're in this together, but you have to be in it. You have to be willing to give a part of yourself and one your of, business to it.
1: One of my favorites, favorite books is called the go giver. And I don't know if you're familiar with
2: that. I've heard of it, but I haven't read it.
1: It's awesome. Let me know. I've got a copy. I'll be happy to give it to oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: And it's just a great story about, you know, you give. Um, Not just from your pocketbook, but from your experience and to younger generations. And, um, you know, we have so many 501c3s in this town that, you know, there's people always looking for something.
2: Awesome. Well, we'll end on this question. And it's if... You know, most businesses fail within the first three to four years.
1: Oh, thank goodness. I've passed three years.
2: <laughs> there you go. that's exactly what I want to get to. So if someone were starting a business today or they're thinking about starting a business soon, what would be one piece of advice you could give them to say, this is how you get to year three or four?
1: Year three or four. I would. It's It's all about who you know in this town. You know, it really is. It's all about the one-to-one connection. Go to things. Participate in life. um, Raise funds for something. Do all of those things. Not necessarily with a, everybody's going to see me and aren't I wonderful. I think if you go pure of heart, the rest of it will come. Um, And I think that there's, there's a lot of people out there who... Who have are probably already done what you're trying to do at one point in time, and if you can find them, they're they're happy to share. They really are, yeah. as long as you're sincere, um, and they can tell that you are. You go there with pure of heart.
2: Yeah, because it's one thing that I, I've I know from people here in uh, New Mexico, people have a keen uh, BS detector. So if you go out there,
1: <laughs> yes, like like any place, there's. We, we all have our surface pond scum.
2: Yeah, so yeah, so if you go out there with, and you're not like you said, pure of heart, If you go out there, you'll be de- you'll be detected, and you won't get much help. But being part of that community is a huge help. Well, uh, Monica, thank you so much for being a guest. You're welcome. Why don't you tell our listeners where they could find you if they have any questions about sure. a home or real estate?
1: Um, you can read. You can find us on our website, which is urbanrealtygroup.com. Um, dot com. You can also reach out to Kim and I at 505 um, 600 You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's
2: just about it. Well, folks, you know, I've had a blast talking to Monica, both off the mic and now on the mic. So I would highly recommend giving her a call if you guys have any questions when it comes to real estate. She's uh, a pleasure to talk to and uh, she definitely knows her stuff. So once again, Monica, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank
1: you.
2: And be back next week with a new guest. So make sure to like, review and tune in. Hello everyone, wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about the 12th annual B2B Expo hosted and produced by our name sponsor Exhibit. This year it is going to be on April 23rd, 2019 from 4 to 8 p.m. That is the main event. Before that they have roundtables from 2 to 3.45 p.m. Now, if you've been to this event, you know the value of it. There is a ton of great networking opportunities. And if you have not been to this event, you really should consider attending. You could RSVP now to save. Additionally, if you're interested in getting involved in sponsoring, they have diamond sponsorships available as well as platinum sponsors. So you wanna contact them if you're interested in that. You could also choose to exhibit and promote your business and get a ton of positive exposure from nearly a thousand people i i bet i would venture that they're going to cross a thousand visitors uh this year i've been to the two previous ones i've had a blast at each one and i've made a boatload of contacts in the community I and mean, we've gotten several leads off of them and both years so this is a very good event to go It, it again it is on april 23rd 2019 at the is resort and casino for more information you could go to the b2b website which is b 2 bexponmcom you could also call 505-828-0574 or toll free 1-877-964-1965 so again you're going to want to attend or be a part of the b2b expo this year it's the 12th year they're doing it a great networking event it is the Cat Miss event
0: of the year here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We will see you there. Thank you so much for listening to the 505 Success Podcast, the business leaders of New Mexico brought to you by Exhibit. Please join us next week for a new episode with someone else on how they've grown success in their business and how you can do it too.